Section twenty nine of Celebrated Travels and Travellers, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynn Thompson. Celebrated Travels and Travellers, Volume Two Great Navigators of the Eighteenth Century by Jules Verne. Second Part, Chapter One part two french navigators to b upon the second of july in fifty eight degrees thirty six minutes latitude and a hundred and forty degrees three minutes longitude what appeared to be a fine bay was discovered boats under command of messieurs de pierrevert de flasson and boutevilliers were sent to examine it their report being favourable the two frigates arrived at the entrance of the bay but the astrolabe was driven back to the open sea by a strong current and the boussole was forced to join her at six o'clock in the morning after a night passed under sail the vessels again approached the bay but says the narrative at seven in the morning when we were close to it the wind veered so suddenly to west-north-west and north-north-west that we were forced to give way and even to bring our ships to the wind Fortunately the tide carried our frigates into the bay and we escaped the rocks on the east by half a pistol's range I Anchored in three and a half fathoms with a rocky bottom half a cable's length from the shore The astrolabe had anchored in the same depth and upon a similar bottom In all the thirty years I have spent at sea. I have never seen two vessels in greater danger our situation would have been safe had we not anchored upon a rocky bottom which extended several cables length around us and which was different from what messieurs de flasson and boutevilliers had reported we had no time to make reflections it was above everything necessary to get out of our dangerous anchorage to which the rapidity of the current was a great obstacle however by dint of much skilful tacking la perouse succeeded Ever since their entry into the bay the vessels had been surrounded by pirogues swarming with savages The natives showed a decided preference for iron in exchange for fish and the skins of otters and other animals After a few days stay their number increased rapidly and they became if not dangerous at least a nuisance La Perouse established an observatory upon one of the islands in the bay and set up tents for the sailmakers and smiths Although these posts were most carefully watched the natives gliding along the ground like snakes scarcely stirring a leaf Managed in spite of our sentinels to commit various thefts and one night They were clever enough to enter the tent where messieurs de Lonston and Darbo who were in charge of the observatory slept They carried off a silver mounted gun as well as the clothes belonging to the two officers who had placed them for safety under their pillows they escaped the notice of a guard of twelve men and the two officers were not even awakened But now the stay of the expedition in this port drew to a close the soundings surveys plans and astronomical observations were completed But before finally leaving the island la perouse wished thoroughly to explore the depths of the bay He imagined that some large river must empty itself into it which would enable him to penetrate into the interior but in all the openings he entered he found only vast glaciers which extended to the very summit of fairweather mount 
no accident or sickness marred the success which had so far attended the expedition we thought ourselves said la perouse the most fortunate of navigators for having reached so great a distance from europe without having had one invalid or a single sufferer from scurvy but the greatest misfortune and one it was impossible to foresee now awaited us upon the chart of the port des francais drawn up by messieurs monneron and bernizet the soundings alone remained to be indicated the naval officers were bound to accomplish the task and three boats under the orders of messieurs descure de marchainville and boutin were selected for the undertaking la perouse acquainted with the somewhat rash zeal of messieurs descure advised him on the eve of departure to act with most careful prudence and only to attempt the soundings in the channel if the sea was smooth the boats left at six o'clock in the morning it was as much a party of pleasure as of duty as the crews were to hunt and breakfast under the trees at ten in the morning says la perouse i saw our little boat return somewhat surprised for i had not expected it so soon i asked monsieur boutin before he came on deck whether he had any news at first i feared an attack from the natives and monsieur boutin's expression was not calculated to reassure me for it was profoundly sad he soon related to me the terrible disaster he had just witnessed and from which he had escaped by the presence of mind which enabled him to see the best course to pursue in the dreadful peril carried whilst following his commander into the midst of breakers caused by the tide rushing with a speed of three or four leagues per hour out of the channel he thought he could place his boat stern on the breakers the boat yielding to their force and being impelled by this tide would not fill but would be carried safely outside soon however he saw breakers ahead of his boat and found himself in the open sea more concerned for the safety of his companions than for his own he again approached the breakers and in the hope of saving some life he again braved them but was repulsed by the tide finally he mounted on monsieur mouton's shoulder in the hope of finding a wider opening all was in vain everything had been swallowed up and monsieur boutin returned with the ebb of the tide the sea becoming quieter this officer had still some hope of finding the boat of the astrolabe he had only witnessed the loss of ours monsieur de marchainville was now a quarter of a mile from the danger that is to say in a sea as still as the quietest harbour but impelled by an imprudent generosity for all help was quite impossible under the circumstances this rash young officer being too high-spirited and too courageous to pause in presence of his friend's danger flew to their help threw himself among the breakers and a victim to his imprudence and disregard of his chief's orders perished with him monsieur de Longle shortly after came on board my ship as much overcome as myself and informed me with tears that the misfortune was even greater than i had supposed we had always made a point ever since leaving france of never allowing the two brothers monsieur laborde marchainville and monsieur laborde boutevilliers to go on the same service but on this one occasion he had yielded as they desired to hunt together and it was almost wholly on this account that we had both of us directed our boats in the way we did 
thinking there was as little danger as there is in Brest Harbour in fine weather. Several boats were at once dispatched in search of the shipwrecked crew. Rewards were offered to the natives if they saved anyone, but the return of the sloops destroyed all hope. All had perished. Eighteen days after this catastrophe, the two frigates left the Port des Francais. La Perouse erected a monument to the memory of his unfortunate countrymen in the middle of the bay, on an island which he called the Cenotaph. It bore the following inscription. At the entrance of this port, twenty-one brave sailors perished. Whoever you are, mingle your tears with ours. A bottle containing an account of this deplorable accident was buried at the foot of the monument. The Port des Francais, which is situated in 58 degrees 37 minutes north latitude and 139 degrees 50 minutes west longitude, presents many advantages, but also many inconveniences, foremost among them the currents of the channel. The climate is much milder than in Hudson's Bay, which is in the same latitude. The vegetation is vigorous. Pines six feet in girth and a hundred and forty in height are not rare. Celery, sorrel, lupine, wild pea, chicory, and mimulus are met with in every direction, as well as many pot herbs, the use of which helped to keep the crews in health. The sea supplied abundance of salmon, trout, cod, and plaice. In the woods are found black and brown bears, the lynx, ermine, weasel, miniver, squirrel marmot beaver fox elk and the wild goat the most precious skins are those of the otter wolf and sea bear but if the vegetable and animal productions of this country says la perouse are similar to those of many others its aspect cannot be compared with them and i doubt whether the deep valleys of the alps and pyrenees offer so terrible and at the same time so picturesque a prospect were it not at one of the extremities of the world, it should be visited by every one. As to the inhabitants, La Perouse gives an account of them which is worth preserving. The Indians in their pirogues surrounded our frigates, hovering about for three or four hours before beginning to exchange a few fish or two or three otter skins. They seized every opportunity of robbing us. They tore off all the iron which could be easily carried away, and they took every precaution to elude our vigilance at night. I invited some of the principal personages on board my frigate, and loaded them with presents, and the very men I distinguished in this manner did not scruple to steal a nail or an old pair of trousers. Whenever they assumed a particularly lively and pleasant air, I was convinced that they had committed a theft, and I often pretended not to see it. The women make an opening in the thick part of the lower lip, the whole length of the jaw. They wear a sort of wooden bowl without a handle, which rests on the gums, to which this split lip forms an outer cushion, in such a way that the lower part of the mouth protrudes some two or three inches. The forced stay which La Perouse had just made in Port des Francais prevented his stopping elsewhere and reconnoitring the indentations of the coast for at all hazards he was to reach china during the month of february in order to secure the following summary for a survey of the coast of tartary he successively reconnoitred upon this coast crossed sound 
where the high snow-covered mountains cease cook's island bay engamio cape low land partly submerged and containing mount hyacinthine mount edgecombe of cook norfolk sound where the following year the english navigator dixon was to anchor ports necker and guibert cape cheery cow Quayer islands so called after the brother of the famous geographer de lille companion of cheery cow the san carlos islands la touche bay and cape hector la perouse imagined that these various coastlines were formed by a vast archipelago and in this he was correct they contained george the third's island prince of wales and queen charlotte's islands cape hector forming the southern extremity of the latter the season was far advanced and too short a time remained at la perouse's disposal to allow of his making detailed observations of these countries but his instinct had justly led him to imagine that the series of points he had discovered indicated a group of islands and not a continent beyond cape fleurian which formed the extremity of an elevated island he passed several groups which he named sartines and then returning he reached nootka sound on the twenty fifth of august he afterwards visited parts of the continent which cook had been unable to approach and which had left a blank on his chart this navigation was attended with a certain amount of danger on account of the currents which rendered it impossible to make more than three knots an hour at a distance of five leagues from land upon the fifth of september new islets were discovered about a league from cape blanco to which the captain gave the name of necker islands the fog was very thick and more than once the fear of running upon some islet or rock the existence of which could not be suspected obliged the vessel to deviate from the land until they reached monterey bay the weather continued bad at that port la perouse found two spanish vessels at this time monterey bay abounded in whales and the sea was literally covered with pelicans which were very common upon the californian coast a garrison of two hundred and eighty men was sufficient to keep in order a population of fifty thousand indians wandering about this part of america it must be admitted that these indians were usually small and insignificant and not endowed with that love of independence which characterizes the northern tribes and unlike them they have no appreciation of art and no industry these indians says the narrative are very expert in the use of the bow and arrow they killed the smallest birds in our presence it is true that they approach them with wonderful patience hiding themselves gliding somehow close to their prey and aiming at them only when within fifteen paces their skill in the capture of larger animals is even more wonderful we saw an indian with a stag's head over his own walking on all fours appearing to graze and carrying out the pantomime with such truth to life that our hunters would have fired at him at thirty paces had they not been prevented by this means the natives approach quite close to a herd of deer and then kill them with their arrows la perouse gave many details of the presidency of loretto and of the californian missions but these are rather of historical interest and are out of place in a work of this kind his remarks upon the fertility of the country are more within our programme the harvest of maize barley corn and peas he says is comparable only to that of chile 
our european husbandmen could not conceive of such abundance the most moderate yield of corn is at the rate of from seventy and eighty to one and the largest from sixty to a hundred upon the twenty second of september the two frigates returned to sea after a cordial welcome from the spanish governor and the missionaries they carried with them a quantity of provisions of all sorts which would be of the greatest value to them during the long trip to be taken before reaching macao the portion of the ocean now to be crossed by the french was almost unknown the spaniards had navigated it previously but their political jealousy prevented their publishing the discoveries and observations they had made la perouse wished to steer southwest as far as twenty eight degrees latitude where some geographers had placed the island of nuestra senor de la gorta but he looked for it in vain during a long and difficult cruise with contrary winds which sorely tried the patience of the navigators we were daily reminded he says by the condition of our sails and rigging that we had been sixteen months at sea our ropes gave way and the sailmakers could not repair the sails which were fairly worn out upon the sixth of november a small island or rather rock some five hundred fathoms long upon which not a single tree grew and which was thickly covered with guano was discovered it was named necker island and is in a hundred and sixty six degrees fifty two minutes longitude west of paris and twenty three degrees thirty four minutes north latitude never had the expedition seen a more lovely sea or a more exquisite night when suddenly at about half past one in the morning breakers were perceived two cable lengths ahead of the Broussal. the sea only broken here and there by a slight ripple was so calm that it scarcely made any sound the ship's course was altered immediately but the manoeuvre took time and when it was accomplished the vessel was but a cable's length off the rocks we had just escaped one of the most imminent dangers to which navigators are subject says la perouse and i must do my crews the justice to say that less disorder and confusion in such a position would have been impossible the slightest neglect of the execution of the manoeuvres which were necessary to carry us from the breakers would have been fatal these rocks were unknown it was therefore needful to determine their exact position for the safety of succeeding navigators la perouse after fulfilling this duty named them the reef of the french frigates upon the fourteenth of december the astrolabe and the boussole sighted the mariana islands a landing was effected upon the volcanic island of assumption here the lava had formed ravines and precipices bordered by a few stunted coconut trees alternately with tropical creepers and the fruit shrubs it was almost impossible to advance a couple of hundred yards in an hour landing and re-embarkation were difficult and the few coconut shells and bananas of a new variety which the naturalists obtained were not worth the risk it was impossible to remain longer in this archipelago if china were to be reached before the vessels returned to europe they were to take back an account of the results of the expedition upon the american coast and of the crossing to macao after taking the position of the bashis without stopping la perouse sighted the coast of china and next day cast anchor in the roadstead of macao here la perouse met with a small french cutter commanded by monsieur de richerie midshipman 
whose business it was to cruise about the eastern coast and protect french trade the town of macao is so well known that it is needless for us to give la perouse's description of it the constant outrages and humiliations to which europeans were daily subjected under the most despotic and cowardly government in the world aroused the indignation of the french captain and made him heartily wish that an international expedition might put a stop to so intolerable a state of things the furs which had been collected upon the american coasts were sold at macao for ten thousand piastres the sum produced should have been divided among the crews and the head of the swedish company undertook to ship it at mauritius but the unfortunate sailors themselves were never to receive the money leaving macao on the fifth of february the vessels directed their course to manila and after sighting the shoals of pratas bulinao manseloc and marivel wrongly placed upon dapre's maps they were forced to put into the port of marivel and wait for better winds and more favorable currents although marivel is only one league to windward of cavito three days were consumed in reaching the latter port we found says the narrative different houses where we could repair our sails salt our provisions construct two boats lodge the naturalists and geographical engineers and the governor kindly lent us his own for the establishment of our observatory we enjoyed as much liberty as if we had been in the country and in the market and arsenal we found the same resources as in the best european ports cavito the second town of the philippine islands and the capital of the province of the same name was then but a miserable village where only spanish military and government officers resided but although the town was nothing but a mass of ruins it was none the less a port and afforded the french every possible resource upon the morrow of his arrival la perouse accompanied by de Longle and his principal officers paid a visit to the governor reaching manila by boat the environs of manila are delightful he says a most beautiful river flows through it separating into different canals one of which leads to the famous bay lake which is distant seven leagues in the interior surrounded by more than a hundred indian settlements in the midst of a most fertile territory manila built on the shore of the bay of that name which is more than twenty-five leagues in circumference is at the mouth of a river navigable as far as the lake in which it rises it is probably the most fortunately situated town in the whole world provisions are found there in the greatest profusion and very cheap but clothing european cutlery and furniture fetch an enormous price want of competition the prohibitive tariffs and commercial restrictions of every sort tend to make the productions and manufactured goods of india and china at least as dear as in europe and although the various duties on imports bring to the treasury some eight hundred thousand piastres the colony costs the spanish government at least fifteen hundred thousand francs per annum which are sent from mexico the immense possessions of the spanish in america have prevented the government from bestowing much attention upon the philippines they are still like the possessions of great lords which remain uncultivated though they might provide fortunes for many families i do not hesitate to state that a great nation with no colony but the philippine islands supposing that colony to be as well governed as possible need not envy all the european colonies in africa and america 
Upon the ninth of April, after having heard of the arrival at Macau of Monsieur d'Entrecasteaux, who had come from Mauritius with the contrary monsoon, and received dispatches from Europe by the frigate La Subtile, Messieurs Guillet, midshipman, and Le Gobien, naval officer, and a reinforcement of eight sailors, the two vessels set out for the coast of China. End of section twenty nine.